of 104.5 The Zone. In Nashville, Tennessee, pal, I'm the man. This is Squared Circle Radio. Welcome to the Kevin Owens Show. The latest news and commentary on the world of professional wrestling. They make sure you ain't booty. And now... Squared Circle Radio. The face that runs the place. With your main eventers, Jason Martin, David Reed, and Brandon Haggerty. Good Sunday morning to you. Welcome in. Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Titans Colts coming up a little bit later on. Titans Radio will take you all through that retirement for the numbers of Eddie George and Steve McNair today. So there's going to be a lot of emotion at halftime. Hopefully it'll be emotion that is also accompanied by a victory over the hated Colts and Jacoby Brissett and company today at Nissan Stadium in the heat. It is hot out there. It's time for summer to end. David Reed's out today. Brandon Hagney's with me. I'm Jason Martin. I'm on Twitter at jmartzone. Brandon's at Hag Haney. We're at Zone Wrestling. Clash of Champions is tonight. So that's a thing that's going on, a pay-per-view for WWE, and we will talk about it. AEW is coming to Nashville on November the 13th at Municipal Auditorium. We will talk about it. We have tickets to it. We will be in attendance for it. I've already reached out to Alex Marvez. I believe we're going to have him on the first weekend of October on this show, which will be the weekend of AEW's television debut. The second is when they debut on TNT that weekend, the fifth or whatever that Sunday is. I don't remember date. Sixth, I believe it is. We will have Alex Marvez on this program, so it'll be a good time to have him. We're also looking at uh, getting some of the talent on the show as well. So a lot of things going on, plus Anthem buys Access TV, fires a bunch of people, and now Impact is going to be on Access. Yeah, it was funny. When they announced that news, um, Impact Wrestling's Twitter account was basically like, you guys asked for it, and yeah. now it's like, I don't remember anybody asking uh, for Impact to find a new home. Like, I mean, it's it's good for Impact, I guess, that you've got a parent company in Anthem that can just buy actual channels and put you on there. Like, you never have to worry about not having a television home as long as your parent company can just literally purchase television channels yes that's absolutely true and then the question becomes what happens to new japan what happens to so they've already canceled the mma stuff which is which is interesting because anthem as we as we mentioned literally owns the entire channel yes so there is nothing really stopping uh anthem and axs from having like this impact presence on New Japan programming. Well, all they have to do is basically tell New Japan, if you still want a foothold on our channel, then it's time to have a relationship with Impact and not with Ring of Honor. The minute that that happens, Ring of Honor, which is already just barely just above water, water, barely, it will sink. Like That's the one thing that they still have is that partnership. Impact, no one knows this. I only know it because I've heard about it and I've read about it. I haven't got to see it. I don't even think I have the Pursuit channel. But I definitely don't. Apparently, these shows have been good for a while. Like the the television product has been good. These pay per views have been good. They're pushing some people. No one is seeing this. Access may change that for Impact. Problem is, good gracious, is this space crowded for pro wrestling programming? You're expecting folks, diehard fans even, to watch three hours of Raw on Monday, Tuesdays, whatever. Then you've got Wednesday where you've got NXT for two hours. You've got 
All Elite for two hours. There's a 205 Live product that's still out there trying to figure out what's going to happen to it. There's now an Impact two-hour product that they're trying to figure out which day would make the most sense. And then Friday, you've got two hours of SmackDown. Not to mention Monday Night Football, Thursday Night Football, college football on Fridays and Saturdays, and sometimes during the middle of the week, and the NFL slate on Sundays. And that's just what's on our television. That's not including New Japan World. It's not including MLW. It's not including PWG. It's not including anything you might consume if you're a hardcore enough fan. At some point, there's just no time anymore. So the product had better be great or you're going to tune out because you're not going to have time to just watch pretty good anymore. This stuff's going to have to be really good to attract your attention and keep it. And yeah, quite frankly, I would like to watch Impact. It's just one of those things where, you know, there's a ton on our plate as not only professional wrestling fans, but sports fans and media, you know, people who work in media as well. There's just a finite amount of time that everyone has. You also have to sleep. And and I'm married. You're getting married uh, next week. So it's, it's one of those things where like, you also want to have a family life and, and if for the fourth consecutive day, my wife walks in in the living room and I'm watching professional wrestling, like things aren't going to go well at that point. Yeah. And I'm not going to be like, I, I, just going to have to make but, I mean, decisions I, and concessions. I hear the same things that you, you're hearing on, on Impact's current product. Um, seems like they're sort of pushing Tessa Blanchard yes. to the moon. She's more or less their biggest star mm-hmm. right now. I believe there was a report a couple of weeks ago that she's actually their highest paid performer. That's interesting. Definitely. But there's just, I mean, there's just, there is a ton of content. So we got tickets to AEW and... This new Ticketmaster thing, I don't know exactly how new it is, but it's something that I have noticed over the past five to six months. The Platinum thing's bad enough. The Platinum thing is Ticketmaster scalping for themselves. It's taking tickets when something's in high demand and then immediately adding about $300 to the price tag, but it's Ticketmaster. It's not a private scalper. That is gross. But this new deal where when you go to buy a ticket and you see it and you click on it and it says, sorry, someone has beaten you to these tickets, and it takes you back and that thing's gone, and then it pops back up again, but it's still gone. I miss the days where whatever it was that I clicked on, if I got a chance to click on something, that was immediately there for me to purchase. The, like, constant, I don't know how long it takes now to get tickets, but it's taken me nearly an hour at different times because the key is to sit back for 20 minutes and wait for the people that sat them in their carts to let them die back out as opposed to buying the worst thing five minutes in. Because at 11.02 Eastern or 10.02 Central when those tickets went on sale on Friday, there were none available. And then there were hundreds available by 10.05. So it's very odd how it's done. Ticket, I don't know what the perfect answer is, but the Ticketmaster thing is really frustrating. However, we were able to get some tickets I don't know what the secondary market is going to end up looking like, but where we are, I'm pretty pleased with where we're going to be for the show, and it should be fun. It's the show after their next pay-per-view, directly after, and that main event is Cody and Jericho for the championship, which has brought some people to be upset about. Maybe. I guess, because Jericho has to defend on TV before that. (laughs) So they have announced that in advance. Clearly, juice ticket sales right because it's it's more or less maybe your two top stars outside of maybe kenny omega like your your two top guys uh challenging for the championship at your next pay-per-view 
Not that I don't think AEW this soon, this early, needed to be announcing matches in advance to juice ticket sales. Like they're they're pretty buzzworthy right now. But they've also done a lot of walking back. Ever since they announced that, it's like, well, you know, Jericho is is defending the championship on the second episode of AEW on TNT. Like this whole thing, like Cody Rhodes is having to basically backtrack and say, well, if I lose to so-and-so uh, on the first night of AEW on TNT, well, maybe that's going to uh, hurt my standing. Like basically, they've announced this to juice ticket sales. Right. And then everything that they've said in the run-up to their debut on TNT about wins and losses mattering. They've basically had to walk back a lot of this. Yeah. Not everything's been just perfect don't, for AEW. They, they have said just some stuff. Just don't announce stuff. the match. Right. There's no need to do it. Just say scheduled to appear Jericho, Cody Rhodes. Like, also, we, we I don't think guys. you need to juice tickets. You don't. Now's not the time not right where you're... Ha- like right now, we've talked about this before. There is a, you want to be a part of history feel to AEW. So people are going to go out and see this stuff. You don't have to announce main events before they make sense because you're just giving away other stuff in the interim. That said, AEW clearly sold pretty well immediately out of the gates in Nashville, and I want to see that because I want want WWE to recognize that this market gets dramatically overlooked despite the fact that when they come here, Nashville turns out for them. Relentlessly, almost every time, even at a house show, the attendance is usually very good at Bridgestone Arena. I find it to be almost inexcusable at this point that they're not coming here more often with better stuff than they have so far. We, we've only had the one house show that I know got turned into like a one-hour yeah, network special, but yeah, who yeah. cares on that? Um, I, I think we're getting a Raw in December. Um, I, I think that's what's up next, but that'll be our first, that'll be our most recent I mean, they uh, go to TV bad places for pay-per-views on an annual basis and go back to them it's every not, it's year. It's not only getting, it's not only like pay-per-views, which, yeah, we should have already had one since Night of Champions no doubt. five or six years ago. We should now. have one every year or every two years. I would say maybe market. every other year. But it's it's inexcusable that we haven't had a television show since the go-home show to WrestleMania last year. Yeah. Like, that's inexcusable. No, it's It's ridiculous. And the go and home show for Mania was awful. Not the best show. It we featured the Colognes. It featured a ten man. Was it a ten man or a twelve man like tag team match? I don't know, with, but the Colognes were involved. And that's the first. Like we didn't know they were still employed in the company. They're still employed by the company. They're actually. Uh, I actually read that's about this. I, I actually read about this the other day. They're still employed by the company, not being used, and so they asked WWE for permission to go back to Puerto Rico and work their family's uh, promotion just because they wanted to work. Yeah. And that's what they're doing. They're in Puerto Rico right now. So AEW is going to run Municipal. We were at a Ring of Honor show that I think might still be going on at Municipal <laughs> the night they did that like tournament with the it, women. It, and... it was the Rising Star Tournament. It was the, the beginning of the, the Women of Honor. Is that yeah. what it's called? Yeah. Um, Leo that Rush show, actually won that ri- rising prospect. He was tournament. like brand new, like his girlfriend or his wife or whatever was sitting right next to us in the seats, and we were like, "Wow, that guy looks pretty good." And ends up getting a little further not being in his on career television and now, at not all being for the last on TV three at all and causing heat apparently. But it'll be. I heard Brian Alvarez say this this week. I think he's right. If Vince McMahon sits down and watches NXT and AEW 
together, like maybe on two monitors or something like that, just to see what's going on, even if it's in the hands of, of uh, Triple H. When he sees 400 people and kind of a – like the NXT crowd is sort of different in that a lot of times they just kind of sit there, they're interested, and they don't make a ton of noise, and sometimes they make a lot of noise. But when you see 400 people in that setting and then you see AEW with 5,000 and 6,000, that's going to be the end for Full Sail. Like Vince is not well, – that's just, not going to last. They just announced – that they're extending the partnership. I know. I just don't think that Vince is going to let that go for very long. Now, if they're winning in the ratings, maybe that does not change, but I don't see how NXT is going to win that ratings battle off the start. Now, there's a lot. They should have had like Adam Cole and Velveteen and some of these people on Raw for the past couple of weeks. Maybe we'll still get that. All we're getting is bad commercials saying the little engine that could NXT it's like yeah, it's just, shut up like uh, I mean, there there's a lot of sort of almost self-inflicted obstacles being put in front of NXT especially when, you know last week we talked about the fact that only half of these first two shows are going to be on USA Network yeah. and then you have to flip to the WWE Network right. I don't know how much of your audience is going to flip over I'm probably not going to do that let's be honest um you know, your whole point of debuting two weeks before AEW is to quote unquote get the jump on AEW and then you basically cut yourself out at the knees. Yeah. Now, maybe there's something to be said for the first two hour show being the one that's against AEW. So it'll feel like a bigger product that night than it would the first two. But you're right. I think, how many, what do you think the percentage of people that are watching that first hour? that are not like the diehards of the diehards are of going to the network that my still whole, that has still have a subscription. My whole thing about AEW or not AEW but NXT like the second hour I think is going to be good but it's going to take a while for them to get a foothold because I think a lot of their audience are probably like us. I've watched I've actually watched a little bit more of the week to week product uh, the last month, I've watched probably two of the last four uh, episodes on the WWE Network, but I, I, I feel like a lot of people are probably doing what we've done the better part of the last couple of years is, you know, following the show, following the show through results and reviews and reading spoilers and but tuning in for the takeovers. For that segment of the audience, what you're going to get is an audience that knows and loves Matt Riddle and Velveteen Dream and Adam Cole and Johnny Gargano and all these people that are featured on every single NXT TakeOver. But now you're going to have to show them Kushida. You're going to have to show them Keith Lee, Damian Priest, uh, Dijakovic. Like all these people that, quite frankly, I, I would I would admit, I would probably guess that a large amount of your audience has never laid eyes on before. Yes, and that's going to fill up the, your second hour. Yeah. No, I, I agree. When we come back from this break, there is something this year worse than the Roman Reigns storyline. Really? And it also happened on SmackDown this week. We'll talk about that oh, guy God. and what's been done to him over the past month, month and a half, up next on Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Here comes the money. Here we go. Money talks. Here comes the money. Money, money, money. Be my last Squared Circle Radio appearance here on 104.5 The Zone. Can't take this anymore. You remember 
how excited we were as a show when he came back. Yeah, we were super excited about it. I'd be super excited now if he went back. Like, I remember that. Like, there was a Raw, I want to say, shortly after his return here in Nashville. Yeah. And, like, I remember legit losing my mind to this theme song. Look, I still like Shane McMahon. No, you don't. Not on TV. Like, I like him as a human being. But what I was saying before the break, now the Roman Reigns storyline is all-time bad. I do think Rowan's done pretty well with what he's been asked to do over the past couple of weeks. They're trying to force it that, to make you care, and that ain't necessarily playing. You're, like, doing yoga over here, like, bending over backwards to try to... I thought his promo <laughs> Tuesday was fine, and I thought the brawl was pretty you're, good. You're just trying to, like, make up for years of burying the guy. I thought... I think he's done well with what he's been asked to do, okay? <laughs> what do you want from me? <laughs> I'm just trying to live my life here. I just I I wanted you to double down, quite frankly. He has not been that bad. I can't I simply can't do it right now. Okay. All right. Now if we end up with a situation where Daniel Bryan is the mastermind behind this and he asks Rowan to choke slam him or whatever, claw slam him through a table, that's a bridge too far. And that may be where we're headed. But what's been done to Kevin Owens is worse. Kevin Owens was on the pathway to being a main event level babyface for you that had everything that you could want him to have at that point in time, including an everyman appeal. I'm not going to invoke the name of the guy whose finisher he's using now because it's so far beyond a comparison at this point that you just can't do it. But they've killed him. They have killed him over and over again. And I haven't seen anything that made less sense than what I saw on Tuesday night where after having him apologize a few weeks back and beg that he would not get fined this $100,000 and then breaking the TV cost five grand or whatever it was that he said it cost. A 32-inch TV. Shane basically tells him in the back, look, you be the referee tonight with me and Chad Gable because, of course, Shane McMahon had to put himself into that match when Elias had his ankle issue. And then Kevin Owens ends up counting three for Chad Gable and then turning around and doing really nothing other than screwing over Chad Gable, who then won the match, and then they fired him, and Shane McMahon, whose leg and ankle had been destroyed in the ankle lock, ended the show just destroying Kevin Owens on one leg, and then firing Kevin Owens, who tweeted out 16-24-20, which is the letters of the alphabet numerically that would spell out NXT. Who knows what that actually means, if that's just a tease and Kevin Owens is going Finn Balor on us and KO's been known to do some stuff, or if they're actually going to move him down to NXT and let him be sort of a star on that roster to open up what they're going to do. Which, I mean, I don't I don't know that anybody in this room would be against that, but... As long as the money's right for him, as long as he doesn't lose money in that deal, yeah, which I, I don't mean, think he probably would because he signed a contract already. Like, Kevin Owens, for some reason, has this, like, trend now of, like, going on either getting fired or quitting WWE like right around September or October like literally this happened last year when if you if you remember he like quit yes. uh, on an episode of Raw and then he was back the next week and yes. it was just a, yet another dumb storyline featuring Kevin Owens but he also lost at WrestleMania with Sami Zayn and was fired for that in tag match. He was fired from Smack and then showed up on Raw yeah. with Sami Zayn. So this has yeah. happened before. So this man stays getting fired or quitting uh from his shows. Like I I don't I mean, I don't know where we're going with this at this point. And, and quite frankly, I don't care 
where we're going uh, with this at this point. They have sucked all of the life out of the character of Kevin Owens. Uh, I mean, the only thing you could say is like the, the reason why he was trying to screw over Chad Gable in the second fall was that he's strictly about self-preservation, but which I guess would vibe with the overall character that Kevin Owens has had throughout his WWE run, but that's not how you build a baby face. No. That's certainly not how you build a baby face. Like Kevin Owens, if you wanted to make a top face with this guy, you're having him do quote-unquote the right thing. Yeah, he should have gone ahead and basically said, do what you want to me. I'm not going to let you run this place. And then at the end of the show, he should have stunned Shane McMahon. Like, it should have been him standing there like, all right, fine, I'm fired. Like, whatever like that. And he should have laid him out, and it should have been him standing tall at the end of the show. Instead, not only is he not standing tall, he's not standing at all. He's on the mat, prone, getting beaten up by Shane McMahon and taking those awful punches that hurt. That's the worst thing about Shane McMahon's punches. They look terrible, and they hurt because they actually make contact. Like, people hate dealing with his punches because he just brutalizes you. And they look awful. That's the that's the rare duality that Shane McMahon possesses. But worse, even past just the KO thing, which they had a chance. I love Kevin Owens to death. He might be my favorite guy on the roster pretty much since he's gotten there, even when he was in NXT. You killed him. You also took any like reason for us to care about Chad Gable away as well. He's going to go into this King of Ring, King of the Ring final, which has been moved from the pay per view tonight to Raw to pop a rating tomorrow on Raw. Who's tuning in for Chad Gable versus, versus Baron, Baron Corbin. Corbin? Like it's time to shutter the promotion if that's what we're looking at. Like they're thinking that the King of the Ring final itself is going to pop a rating. Let me tell you, people are watching Baker Mayfield tomorrow night. Like that's what's going to happen. Clash of the Champions has a lot of matches tonight. On paper, it's going to be a pretty decent show. In the ring, it could be if the finishes actually allow for it. There are some things I want to see on this show tonight. We'll live tweet it at Zone Wrestling. But you spent the main event segment of Tuesday night's final look before this pay-per-view with Chad Gable winning a match that's not part of the pay-per-view and focused on Kevin Owens and Shane McMahon, neither of which are on the pay-per-view. So you ended your Tuesday product with something that had nothing to do with what you were trying to sell interest in five days later. And I mean, I, I totally agree with killing Chad Gable. I mean, I mean, what? Why do we care at this point? He also, I also thought it was weird that he was like, "Yep, I get a buy, I get to go to the finals." Yeah, that's a great baby face. Like, I know that that makes sense and it's logical, but that's not what a baby face says. A baby face says, "I want to earn my way in." Put somebody in, put Ali in, put, you know, Ali or Andrade or somebody like that. And if you were going to go with Chad Gable anyway, which I'm pretty sure you were, have him win. Like, just have him go ahead and win a match. You don't need the Shane McMahon angle in this thing at all, whatsoever, point blank, no reason for this at all. It was funny. I mean, not that, you know, not that pretty much everybody couldn't have seen it coming from a mile away. Oh, yeah. We, 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 you said it on text chain. <laughs> I literally I screenshotted the tweet that said that Elias um, was out of the King of the Ring tournament, and I sent it to you guys in the group text, and I was like, shame it, man's taking his place, right? Like, like at this point, <laughs> the only the only prayer that we had for Shane McMahon not taking Chad Gable's place or uh, Elias's place on Tuesday was maybe jury duty was still happening for Shane McMahon because that's the reason why he's been off of television for the last couple of weeks. But no, Shane McMahon is just back 
um, and then just picking up immediately where you're left off, making himself the focus of shows. It is. And at this point, you've made it so I don't ever want to see him again. And I don't know. And then the other thing is, so let's say Kevin Owens does go to NXT. Let's say that's where he's going. What character is he going to play? And if he's a babyface, where's the sympathy coming from because of what they did to him? And he's not a good heel either. Like he has no integrity on either side. Like he's just kind of a simp. Like there's just uh, nothing I mean, there. If, if he were to go to NXT, like that audience is going to welcome him back as just. I'm a just saying, like, what are you going like, to do? It's just like a if you want on reset button. Like, let's say you wanted to write him off. This was your way to write him off the main roster so he could kind of be one of your leaders on the NXT product, which I totally understand, and I'm behind. It'll make me want to watch NXT even more. Why wouldn't you just find a better way to do it? Like, I if you want to get him off TV and you want to do some way to do that, find a better way. Like, all this did was harm his character irreparably on the main roster and take him from being a main event player to somebody that you can't... Well, I mean, it's, you already had the trust issue because he's been a heel most of the time, and you already flip-flopped him once this year because of a mistake in your own judgment trying to rashly make something happen at a non-WrestleMania pay-per-view. I mean, honestly, you could have just left him as a babyface with New Day and had fun with that for a while and then just had him all of a sudden get involved with Shane McMahon and then he would have shown a side that would have brought the kids and the families to liking Kevin Owens plus sort of the the harder core fans that already had a predilection to like the guy to begin with. And then his partner, usually all the time, Sami Zayn, is in a segment with The Undertaker on Tuesday night where Sammy just does his heel Which, thing. Where, where was that promo going? Nowhere. The Undertaker. Nowhere. I think it was going to when the Sammy's music hit. Like, it did not. It's like when you jump off the top rope and you know that you're about to get countered, and so you don't actually make the move look like it was going to hit in the first place. Like, I'm going to do an elbow drop, but instead I'm supposed to hit a boot. Like, I'm supposed to run into the boot of the guy that's on the mat, so I just land on my feet. Like, it's that's not how it works. Like, you should be, like, in the air horizontally taking that boot. That's what this was. The Undertaker did not have a place to go. He was, like, talking about the ghosts of Madison Square Garden and, and he, the holes he was that he had about, dug yeah. for all these people there. And, like, a, like a new superstars and yada, yada, yada. Like, there was no – it was a very aimless and directionless It promo. was just, here's that, The Undertaker. Yeah. That's all it was. The ratings on Tuesday were better than Monday in terms uh, of holding audience. Well, but Monday Night Football against last year's were all the same week. This one was down 31% compared to what that was last year. This game brutalized Raw on Monday. Now, the first game on Monday was a good game. It's a great game. But you opened up with Steve Austin, and then people tuned out. Nobody cared for the rest of the that's show. That's and, a very good point. And you did not make anybody think he was coming back. You didn't say, hey, Austin's going to be sprinkled in throughout this. If you've got him there, do something with him that makes people think that he's hey, he was there for 15 minutes. We talked to Jonathan Hutton on Monday night in the text chain, and uh, he always asks how Raw is going to be and stuff like that. And so I said, hey, first segment, and there's been a lot of good wrestling on this show. And his response to me was, I've already watched the first segment. But that's all I've seen. That, I think, is a microcosm of how most people approached Monday. They knew Stone Cold was going to be there. He was there in the first 15 minutes. He was good. Seth was not. He was good, and AJ Styles was good as well. And then once that was over, you can pretty much tune out unless you're just a big-time wrestling fan. And that's what people did. And it's a shame because Raw was good, and there was a lot of really good wrestling on that show that a lot of people did not see. That third hour, 1.85, 
I think it was in the ratings. That's not good at all. We'll be right back. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Welcome back. Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Glad to have you with us on Twitter at Zone Wrestling. It's how you find us. Brendan Hagney, Jason Martin with you. David Reed off this week. I don't know how this show is going to play out next week. Next couple of Sundays, I'm not so sure I'll be a part of this program. You're going to get a very dated version of this show next next week. Um, as we've mentioned, Jason walking down, taking the walk down the aisle on Sunday. So obviously he's going to be uh, gone. No words whether or not, by the way, that David is off because of meat problems that happened as a result of Rodizio Grill Rodizio on Grill, Monday yeah. night. Um, I actually have two weddings. Um, yeah, that's something else. <laughs> next week I'll be in Jackson on Friday and Saturday and then coming back up Sunday morning for your uh, wedding. So, yeah, you might get like a recorded Thursday version of Squared Circle Radio next week. Maybe. Well, the good news is there will be a pay-per-view to talk about in two television shows as well. So I guess if something were to happen next weekend, it's probably not going to be particularly germane to this program but we um we came back with stone cold steve austin's music there um i was reading a a piece by sean reuter of cage side Mm -hmm. seats i thought he made a good point this week like obviously he he argued that wwe doesn't have a star that approaches stone cold steve austin and that's obvious that's obvious but what he's trying to say is no one that approaches like not don't even talk about like 1998 Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's talking 51 year old 2019 Stone Cold Steve Austin, the guy that just you know what he's doing now with the straight up Stone Cold and all that show. Like WWE has no one that even approaches 50 year old Stone Cold Steve Austin. Not in his prime, 30 year old Stone Cold Steve Austin. Yes, the problem is Stone Cold Steve Austin was and is still permitted to go out and just talk it's just different aew is it's going to be intriguing because aew has come out and just point blank said we are not hiring writers at all they have wrestling people and they have agents but their guys are just going to go out and talk like whatever's on their mind they're going to talk to the crowd they're going to talk to people it's like the old style of what everybody did if you listen to grill and jr uh, with conrad thompson jim ross talks about this all the time just back in back in those, you know, late nineties, you know, ninety seven to two thousand ish. I don't even know. It was probably two thousand two or three when they started bringing in all the Hollywood writers. But basically, you know, Jim was saying that he would get a bull, a list of bullet points, things that Vince wanted him to accomplish in his promo, and then it was up to him to sort of, you know, paint the you know paint the painting uh, to get to those those bullet points. And he talked about, you know, the promo with uh, Fake Razor and Fake Diesel, which is really sort of the first actual pro wrestling promo that Jim Ross ever cut. Uh, yeah. Was, you know, what was that, 96, somewhere around there? Yeah. Uh, when they were, God, just an awful angle of bringing back the D- Diesel and Razor Ramon characters, but not the people who actually played them. But that promo from Jim Ross was a really good promo. And he talked about from town to town, he was like traveling with Gerald Briscoe. And car ride after car ride, he's just practicing this promo 
in the in you know in the car to the point where Gerald Briscoe got sick of him actually practicing it. But that's basically how they ran it back then, and that's yeah. how AEW is going to do it. Yeah, and you will see then the cream that rises to the top in all elite and pretty much in most every promotion where it's not overly scripted, which is kind of a WWE thing. I mean, even WCW, you go back to Jericho and all the stuff he was doing to try to make Goldberg work him on TV, and they were worried about everything else, so Jericho was able to just go out and talk, and that Monday Night Jericho character got over like gangbusters and led to a lot of the reason why WWE became so interested in bringing him in, even though they mishandled him for about a year afterwards. Whoever it is that becomes a star in AEW is going to already have a better foundation with which to build upon because there's a freedom there. And you're not going to see somebody wrote well for this guy, so it's like, no, this guy's good. You can put him out there and trust him to handle his business. That does not mean that they have booked everybody well. I don't think that they've done well with Adam Page, even though it's been a bunch of spot shows. My biggest question mark for AEW just remains... Can they break the mold of being sort of this pro wrestling show for the anime, video game loving, comic book loving crowd and get the pro wrestling fans that might have become lapsed over this handful of years that have gotten fed up with WWE? And I mainly mean the older crowd, the like 45 and up crowd that is responsible for a large swath of the television ratings historically through pro wrestling that... AEW is going to have to earn because that's not really their wheelhouse. Yeah, it's 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 a delicate line to balance, Very. quite frankly, because it's like, yeah, I mean, you know the the sort of PWG crowd. I mean, they're I mean that's a that's a nice little niche, you know, audience, but it's not an audience that's quite frankly going to drive ratings on a primetime uh, television show from week to week. Like the thing is, you're going to have to attract that audience, as well as guys like you know, quite frankly, David Reed. You know, David Reed, I think, is the most sort of old school of the three of us. Like he, he's yes, Memphis he, wrestling. He's, he's the and guy that, that grew up on Memphis. I wrestling was Mid Atlantic and, 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 and NWA, like like but Memphis was even more old school. Like when professional wrestling was more of a uh, sporting event than quote unquote sports entertainment. Like back when, you know, that, so it, it is a delicate line to balance because you're going to have to, the people like David Reed, you know, even though David still keeps up with the product from week to week, there are a lot of people like him who grew up on professional wrestling that aren't quite frankly watching it from week to week anymore. I I think they've towed that line a little bit. It's pretty well, like I would say so far, but like you said, it has only been spot shows. Like, I think what Cody Rhodes does from week to week does bring in guys like a David Reed, and then you'll get the younger audience with the flips and everything that the Young Bucks are doing off of ladders and stuff like that. Like So they have towed the line a little bit, and I think they've done it pretty well, but I think it's going to be, like, the huge test is going to be doing it week to week. Huge test is going to be doing it week to week, and the huge test is going to be telling stories that are at least near the level of what we're seeing from Cody across that show. Just making us care more. Like, I don't care if you do flips and a bunch of spots and all that kind of stuff if the reason you're in the ring makes sense to me. And you can treat it like an athletic competition. Like, New Japan isn't all about its storylines. It's about 
these are sporting events. There's win loss records. If you noticed on All Out, there's you would very, hear there's very Ken, Kenny Omega's one and two right now in AEW. Like they even put it on the screen, like a win loss record. There's very little storyline in New Japan. Exactly. And so then you don't have to worry nearly as much even about the babyface heel dynamic in the ring. You can do whatever you need to do, and you can still kind of gather who the fan favorites are. But it's not like Okada's doing a lot of cheating at any point, really, in his career. That's not what he does. Now, Yano uses a chair, and there's a few people like that. It's just different. Pro wrestling generally is done that way, the way New Japan does it. WWE has made you think that's what pro wrestling is. That's not. WWE is about as far away from what real pro wrestling is supposed to be as it gets. It's a different product altogether. And so AEW has the performers to pull off both potentially. And I think that you saying that there's a balance. There's a tightrope that they've got to walk because they know who's brought them to the dance and they have to serve that crowd. They have mm-hmm. to serve them the being being the elite kind of stuff and the tongue in cheek stuff and some of that Deadpool fourth wall breaking kind of stuff. And then they've got to go get the it's still real to me people. And that's going to be, that's not a short process. That's not something that's going to be won on October the 2nd or lost on October the 2nd. No, and I completely agree with that. But at the same time, it, it is a little strange because if you think about all of the people that they are hiring, the people that they are hiring would have you think that they're going after that older audience. That's, yeah, it's still Anderson's real to me, like Dan. Like, yeah. you know, the Dean Malenko's yeah. and... I believe Dustin is the promo guy. Which is not a bad decision. Yeah, Dustin Rhodes, I I believe they've sort of made him the quote-unquote promo coach. So they're bringing in a lot of those old-school guys that are going to be sort of shaping this product. And that's If you don't have the writer, if you don't have writers, your product is going to be shaped by producers and agents. I mean, when we were down there in Florida and we toured the Performance Center and they talked about how Dusty would run through everybody's entrance. We saw that sort of like rampway and all that kind of stuff, and Dusty would tell you what to say, and he handed the microphone and all, but not a script, just kind of giving you ideas. Then you get to the main roster, and all the skills that you just learned are taken away from you because you're handed a white sheet of paper off of a Microsoft Word document that says you're going to say all of this, and a lot of it comes out the other way. Dusty, Dustin, Cody are three guys that can really talk. So if Dustin is just a coach and he can kind of – hey, this is kind of what we want you to get out of this promo or something, some of these young talent that hasn't had that kind of opportunity, that's going to be great for AEW. That's going to be a huge boon to what they're doing and a big-time positive. And it's going to make me more attracted to watch that product just to see, all right, let's see what this guy's got as opposed to let's see what Vince has written this week. Yeah, but it's there is a bit of a conflict there. Like it's At the end of the day, I think we all would sort of prefer – the sort of more old school athletic, For sure. you know, presentation kind of thing. But at the same time, like that's not what the young bucks have been. That's not really what coach Kenny Omega has been. I mean, Joey Janela is clearly not that. I mean, I don't even Joey Janela. I'm, I'm, I would be disappointed if that dude is featured from week to week. Like I, I know he has made a bit of a name for himself on the independent scene, you know, his spring break parties that he does every year uh, at the WrestleMania site have sold out almost immediately. Like, there is an audience. It's not a very large audience, but there's an audience for what Joey Janela does. I'm not it. I don't, I'm not it either. I mean, like, that's there's probably, there's an audience for Orange Cassidy, but I'm definitely not it. Yeah. 
Same thing. I just think it goes back to the fundamental uh, conflict that we talked about last week, where maybe the top ten or maybe the top ten guys, top ten percent of AEW's roster are all guys that we really like, are all guys that we want to watch from week to week, and then the bottom eighty-five to ninety percent are just like, Ugh. yeah. That's exactly right. There's definitely there's definitely a hierarchy there, and there's definitely a top heaviness. It's kind of like the SEC in football, if you want to look or down the, the line. ACC, if or you saw. the ACC. That's right. Oof, Georgia Not, Tech. Did they lose to Citadel yesterday? They were good. losing at some point. Can we talk about Boston College and just everything that went down there? <laughs> that wasn't good. No. Kansas? No. Yeah. We'll be right back. Clash of Champions is tonight. We'll break down that card coming up. Squared Circle Radio, 104.5 The Zone. Final segment of the program, Squared Circle Radio here on 104.5 The Zone. Clash of Champions tonight, Cedric Alexander. A little bit of a push. He's got AJ Styles tonight for the U.S. Championship. That should be a good match. I know we're not picking the card right this second. Right. I think he walks out tonight as U.S. Champion. I think that would be a good decision to make. AJ doesn't need that title. Cedric but I think, could matter with it. You know, I, I, I think... The person who takes the championship off of AJ Styles is going to get a nice little boost immediately. Yeah, I think that's true. Just simply because of who you took it off of. 11 matches on the card tonight. Some good ones and some I just couldn't possibly care less about. That's let me go ahead and case. let, let, me, <laughs> let me, uh, guess the ones that you could not possibly care less about. Reigns and Rowan? <laughs> or are you still on your Eric Rowan is great I think kick. that match is going to be decent. It's going to be a brawl. It's going to go all over the place. It's no DQ. I mean, clearly you don't really care about Gulak and Lince Dorado and Umberto Carrillo. I don't care about knocking the Miz. No. I, just, I can't watch the Miz work. Like, it's not that they're bad. It's just there's nothing there that, that interests me at all. Um, We're going to see Seth and Braun both work twice tonight. It tells you that you're supposed to think there's going to be a title change in one of those cases. I tend to think there probably will not be. I definitely don't hope that Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler are tag champions after tonight. Yeah, I don't necessarily see that. AJ and Cedric should Especially be Especially really considering good. that they became a tag team, what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Alexa and Nikki Cross versus Mandy Rose and Sonya Deville. Oh, yeah, there's another one I don't really care about, as a matter of fact. It'll be okay. Um, they've got Alexa Bliss, or no, they've got Mandy Rose doing the You're Ugly Nikki Cross thing on TV right now, which is just so WWE it hurts. It's also wrong. Yep, and one of the Viking Raiders would, would certainly agree with that, right? Well, that's Killian Dane. Yes. Sorry. He looks like one of the Viking Raiders. Get your Raiders. WWE couples correct, man. Sorry, it's it's uh, Sarah Logan that's married to one of the Viking Raiders. There you go. Whatever. I don't care. Roman Reigns and Eric Rowan. Four-star classic coming up right there. <laughs> I'm not. I'm really not being Four sarcastic and a half here. If it was in the Tokyo just, Dome. It'll be a good enough brawl. Uh, Becky Lynch and Sasha Banks I really want to see. And I hope it's very good. I could see them taking the title off of Becky there. Because if they don't, then what have you done with Sasha? Because if she loses, then her story kind of comes to an end, right? Yeah, I mean, you would think Unless so. Unless you have a no and... finish here, which is a WWE 
move. Yeah, that, that's that's definitely always a bullet in their chamber uh, for some reason. I could also see Bailey uh, retaining against Charlotte via some, you know, dirty tactics to sort of move forward, push that rock forward if we're actually going to turn her heel or not because right now she's sort of playing both sides. Um, I could see maybe full-blown Bailey and full-blown Sasha being heels and champions at the end of this night. Uh, yes, I think that's I think that's true. Um, New Day versus the Revival will be that's going to be a really good match. I'm, sure, that, will. that might be sure it will. That might be match of the night, right? There. That's I mean that's a, that's not a wild prediction. Depending on the time, I think AJ and Cedric could be the best match of the night. It just depends on what time they give them, and mm-hmm. then at the end of the day, it's what the finishes are in all these matches that are going to help us dictate that. Gulak. Carrillo, I've never seen him before, and Lince Dorado tonight. <laughs> no offense to him, I'm sure that's he's not very a real good. person. I, I don't know that that is a real person. I don't know if that's like a name change from somebody else, but I, I okay, I'm sure it'll be fine. I imagine it'll be on the pre-show. Kofi Kingston and Randy Orton, I just can't get excited about this in the ring. I saw it once already, and the Orton three-star thing is definitely in effect here, where that's probably about the max we're going to see. I think you're being generous with three-star. I don't know. We'll see. I have enjoyed the setup for it again and Kofi going back to the MSG moment with the second table because the first one broke at Madison Square Garden on Tuesday night. Seth and Braun will be fine. Probably pretty good. Do you expect to see The Fiend at some point tonight on this show attacking somebody or do they save that for Monday's Raw? Mm. I could see them saving that. I, I think they would save that for Monday's Raw. It's weird that he kept talking about Stone Cold Steve Austin and then nothing happened with Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, you know Stone Cold Steve Austin's not going to allow that to happen. Well, unless they were going to actually do something with it, which Stone I Cold imagine Steve, they're not. <laughs> Stone Cold Steve Austin is still as protective of his character in 2019 as he, as he was in 2002. As he should be. That's why he's actually valuable. Seth and Braun versus Rude and Ziggler in the ring should be fine. Braun will be the hot tag, so be a lot of work with Seth taking heat most likely and Rude's a really good tag wrestler Dolph's still good in the ring so that'll be just fine and then Bailey and Charlotte Flair they've worked many times they know each other I don't know who we're supposed to think is a baby face here because Charlotte doesn't still doesn't really act like a baby face I will say we didn't mention this the tag match with Bailey and Sasha against Charlotte and Becky there were a couple of things that didn't work including maybe the worst moonsault I've ever seen from Charlotte Flair but still a good match not even the same area no nah, she basically landed on her feet and then fell down because she was so off in terms of her trajectory but I just don't like in WWE's mind of of building to two separate singles matches by having a tag match like I guess that that match on Monday makes sense but at the end of the day like none of like None of those four people needed to take a loss. No. And especially after you're doing this sort of half turn with Bailey, she certainly didn't need to eat the pin, but there she was eating the pin on Monday. Exactly right. So Clash of Champions is tonight. We will live tweet it at Zone Wrestling. Hopefully a good show. And we will have a pretty early edition of Squared Circle Radio coming up this week. Brandon and uh, David will certainly be back as well. And we'll see you then. Squared Circle Radio. Titans, Colts coming up in just a little while here on 104.5 The Zone.